0: Welcome to Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. My name is Ben Townsend from Ben and I'm joined as always by Sam Townsend from SamTownsendmusic.tw. Sam Townsend Music from SanTownsendmusic.tw. And all I can say about this one is it's a repeat. I believe that's Taiwan. It is. Or Taiwan. Yeah, or oh, yes. And we previously, last time we did Taiwan or Taiwan, mm. we talked about what it had been known or is known as now right. i believe it's is it uh, we're joined by the longest stick in the bush mr simon longhorn <laughs> so, um sorry is taiwan still called taiwan or has it changed its name i think it's still taiwan okay well i was there earlier this week right of course you are um and it is still called taiwan or taiwan but yes it's up and running still Great uh, continues to operate as a website, which is great. So that's just w. for anybody who does want to check it um, out. Check that that's out. A, cracking site. a wonderful website. <laughs> a wonderful website. <laughs> a, it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful website. website. No, a wonderful, wonderful website. That's what the www stands oh, for. Oh yes, of course. Yes. I'm back with you. Now we are well, I'm with you, uh, the getaway. Yes, and well, should we just mention the... Of two? course, what records do we have on the wall today, Sam? This DOS is DOS records. DOS records, this is a new feature for the podcast called What, what? You Walling. Yes, exactly, and I, I'm currently walling blood sugar in honour of the, today's subject matter. Well, yes, of course, today's subject matter is blood sugar magic, no, blood sugar sex magic. Yes, don't forget the sex. Part three, never do. Apart from then, yeah. <laughs> blood Sugar Sex Magic, Part Three, with the uh, so we're doing the vine, vinyl side three with the addition of Give It Away, which we didn't do last time because of an ill-timed power cut. Yes, indeed. So Blood Sugar's on the wall, and uh, a recent addition to the collection, and a great is addition. Is to I'm the Kle- beside you. I mean, that is one hell of an album. It's a great album. I've been enjoying it this week. Got it for my birthday, which was last Wednesday, uh, from my wonderful wife. My wife mm. bought me I'm Beside You. Sleeve of Wizard. Yes, and uh, it's brilliant, and it looks fantastic in the frame. So there are the two records that we're currently framing. Here's a warning. It's called What You Warning? Oh, sorry, What are You Warning? <laughs> sorry, I, I thought you said here's a warning. <laughs> okay. I've issued <laughs> you with your first warning for this episode. If you reach three warnings, you're out. Out. Yeah. What for good? Yes. <laughs> Question. Yeah. Has there been a better double album release by the Red Hot Chili Peppers than I'm With You and I'm Beside You? Or I'm Beside You? Uh, No. Okay, that's that. (laughs) So, moving on. Before we crack into it, I do want to dedicate this episode to somebody. Sure. A young, vibrant young fellow by the name of Mr... Daniel Boyd, of course. Ah! And he... We want a big shout-out to him. He has married the wonderful Courtney. Yes. And we just want to say, mate, guys, congratulations. We send you heartfelt love. Uh, Dan was one of the first people to reach out to us, wasn't he? He, was. Well, he certainly was. Uh, and one of the people that kind of gave us the impetus to, to have this as... A regular thing rather an than just... An ongoing... An ongoing project. A project. projector, if yes, you will. It, exactly. He gave us the confidence, the self-belief. Well, he did. So it carry was on. nice, not it? We were in your lounge and we got that email. It's near Christmas. We're having a family Christmas kit together. We were. Yeah, it was, it was great. So it was, without people like Dan, we wouldn't be sat here today. Well, we might be, but we wouldn't be doing this. We wouldn't be doing this now. Well, we be wouldn't just be sat, sat in this particular garage. Yeah, just in silence. Yes. Like, like the rest of the time. Exactly. So let's raise a beer to Dan. Let's raise a beer to Dan. I've already opened mine, but I can make the noise. Go on then. Cheers. Cheers, Dan. Cheers, Courtney. Cheers, Dan. Yeah, nice to you both. We are moving on now to Blood Sugar Sex Magic Part 3, and we are starting with Give It Away.
1: Oh.
0: Quick update before we move on to Give It Away. The longest stick in the bush has confirmed that Taiwan is, is called Taiwan. Yes. Shock, shock news. Taiwan is called Taiwan. You alleged that it might have uh, been called Chinese Taipei at some point. Do you want to go on record with that?
1: No. Right.
0: It's in the back of my mind that it might have been. Okay. Well, we'll look it up. Yeah. We'll look and up. we may or come may not come back with another update. And I, I, wouldn't bother. I think I was um, confusing uh, Burma, which became Myanmar, with Taiwan. Well, Myanmar became Burma. No, I think Burma became Myanmar. Burma became Myanmar. Yeah, you know your Anmar. Yes. Well, <laughs> <it became laughs> but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, how, that's how you remember it. That's why I can't find it. <laughs> As we come generously Mm. out of give it away one of the biggest songs on blood sugar sex magic in the eyes of the public i think you'll agree sam not just on blood sugar sex magic no indeed do you think that it's give it away is one of the most recognizable chili songs to the general population save the population yes Absolutely. Well, that's that one wrapped up. Be a quick episode if you just say yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes or no to everything. It's um, it's one of those songs, isn't it, which is is fantastic. We've just stood and listened to it. There, done some dancing, some prancing, if you will. I will. However, when it comes on, you just think, oh, it's just give it away. Mm. And when they play it live, everyone goes, oh, they play it every show. Maybe yeah. it could be switched yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, but. At the, at the nucleus of all of this is a great a song. A great song. I, I think we'll get more into this because I have quite well, a strong... Good, otherwise... Otherwise, why are <laughs> we here? We'll just be sat in silence like the old days. Yes. I think that, the, as you say, the nucleus of this is a, is a brilliant song which over the years has lost its power for me. Yes. Until I then listen to, until I listen to the album version again. Yes. And then it, and then it gets back in. And we then are, the power is regained. We are blessed and lucky, this episode... Once again on the Blood Sugar Sex Magic episodes, to have so much input from friends and ambassadors of this podcast uh, who have put so much work into their contributions. Yes. We have drum notes from fabulous, the fabulous Jack Fox, a.k.a. Jack Johnson, a.k.a. of course, Magic Johnson. Yes. Giving us the lowdown on Chad the Smith. We have the superlative Aidan Hampson giving us bass voice notes on the guy who we must na- from here on refer to as Mickey B the Flea. <laughs> oh, yes, we're contractually obliged, uh, as per our agreement with the Coaster Company. Thank yeah. you. Uh, we, of course, have Coon from Red Hot Chili Riffs giving us the up and down of it all about the John Fushante contributions to this album. Yes, We've got guitar, how it was recorded. We have pedals, guitars, effects information. Both um, Aidan and Coon provide us with audio examples of the bits and pieces which will be dropped in. So that's absolutely amazing. And of course we have the, uh, the fantastic Amace, who was the man of the moment, really, in 1991. He was. He was there. He was absolutely loving it. Give us a, a little bit from Amace about the context of this song. Uh, for, from a guy who was there in 91, absolutely lapping it. Yeah, up. he was. And he instantly points out that this song was absolutely massive in that year Mm. Uh, there are probably about 50,000 different versions of the single with a million remixes he says Uh, it still sounds really fresh today and I think that's something that can be said for this song but also a lot of the songs on this album this Mm. album is old yeah well 1991 so how many years ago is that Simon do the math for us quickly 32. Right, he's done, <laughs> he's done it. He's done it. That was but 32 quick. years. 32 years old. I, I currently re- uh, weigh in at 42. Hmm. And so, I, 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 of course, weigh in at an undis- undisclosed number. Yes, but it's more than 42. Is it there? Yes, it is. It is. Um, but that's an, an impressive feat. There's a lot of music from that time which hasn't stood the test of oh, time. Oh, God, yeah. Like, I, I might say like Dirty Cash by um, Stevie V. Yeah, that's a, a great example. Yeah. Uh, I, and he says, I know it could be dropped off the set list for a different song, but the album version is crisp and clear. Yeah, that, exactly. Let's, let's talk about the comparison between the album version and the live version for a bit then, because yeah. the live version now, when I go and watch Chili's, I'm not, I want a different song. I don't Christ. want to see Give It Away again. It's a, it, because they don't play it like this. No. And there are those slow but, down points. Ba-doom-doom. Those bits, yeah. So I don't like it. It's but some of the aspects on the album version, which are which are I think utilised well live, like the ending when it picks up. Yeah, that's always done well live, and And it it adds just as as, that's a good bit as well because what's cool about that part is on. Well, what I like about the album is it never quits, right? Because it, it it drives hard from second one until second the final uh, second. That's a quality, but also could be noted down as a negative. No, no, I think it's a positive way through, because even on that little slow down section, it's only John that's slowing down. Yeah. Chad and Flea are continuing to pound away mercilessly. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It, it, like live, that, that change at the end mm. is, a, is a big change and a build-up. Yeah. It's played on the album, but it doesn't necessarily step up yeah, no, to the no. No, no live, you're right. Live, they break it down further. Yeah. But on the album, I like the fact that Chad's still keeping the beat going. Flea's still really doing that fantastic bass line. But John's kind of half-timing it. Mm. And that juxtaposes quite nicely with uh, John against Flea and Chad. Well, it does. It does. But yeah, I, I think live... It, you, know, you could argue that it deserves its place every night. Why does your computer keep making that noise? It won't do it again. Okay. You have my word. <laughs> do I? <laughs> yes. It's not necessarily worth anything. What I like about well, I like an awful lot about the song, but the power of that intro when it's just the drums and what is essentially quite a thin guitar line. Yes, exactly. It's- really high up. Obviously he's he's coming in with that, that big A, but then very, very high up on the neck with those bends. It could be it could sound empty, but it doesn't it immediately sounds like a, a full on oral attack. A-U-R-A-L. Um, it's not a mouth attack. And it allows then, when the bass comes in, for it to go up another level. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, move on. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to be more yes and on this episode, man. Yeah, I, look, look, I was. I was, no, like, I was just so right. I was just, yeah. <laughs> just, look, you're making good points. <laughs> I'm just qualifying them. Instantly. Mm. Good. I think you were distracted by oral attack. I was a, 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 <laughs> ma, a mouth attack. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's JJ got to say about well, it? Well, let's go to JJ. Do you want to read JJ? No, you can do it. I did Amos. Yeah, that's true. Well, um, I haven't finished Amos, but uh, well, finish Amos off quickly. Uh, okay. He says Pete Weiss from Thelonious Monster played the jaw harp, Jews harp. Okay, okay, okay. So no, we'll get the song, which gives it such a unique sound. Yeah. Which is true, and. F- For me it's a a quirky sound, a fun sound. It says Yes, this is a serious oral attack. Mm, Not mouth. Not mouth. But we are gonna chuck in a little bit of light hearted uh, boinginess. Which ironically the, the the jaws up or juice up is played in the mouth. So exactly. it isn't. It is actually so an. This, it is an oral attack. It is. It, it is so an oral attack. It turned in just when the mouth thought it was safe. Yeah. Uh, Pete. Someone stuck up. in a bit of metal with a bongy bingy bit. You know, yes. It's a bongy. And I, I, I think we've said this before about other songs. At what point does someone go? This song is good. Mm-hmm. But what if we got Pete Weiss in yeah. to make some bongy noises? Edelweiss. <laughs> yes. I'd call him Adel if I knew him. Assuming his surname is pronounced Vice, You can call him Adel even <laughs> though you don't know <laughs> I will now. You just did. Call him Adel. At what so, point do, do they say, let's get Adel into... Yeah, do you know anyone called... First of all, it would probably say, do we know anyone called Adel, Adel Vice. Yeah. Yeah. No, we know someone called Pete Vice. <laughs> Fine, we'll just call him Adel. Get, get him in. We'll call him Adel. We'll call him Adel. Bring him, in, we'll yeah. him, Adel. Bring him, bring him He ticks that box. He a yeah. Has he got a boingy? Can he got a draw's Yeah, has he got a boingy? And you know, does he want to play on the on this song? Because I think it would if we mixed it in almost all the way through low enough that you yeah. can't hear it, but all the way through pretty much. Oh yeah, let's have him boinging away in the background. Yeah, but it does it works. So that's what I mean. Creative experimentation. We've 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 trodden well, this let, ground before. Let's read this now. Experimentation is a seed of creativity. Yes, that's exactly. And. It. Also, structure is a seed of creativity. Yes. Because what happened in this song when Flea was trying to come up with the bass line, Rick Rubin said, don't be faffing about, keep it simple, that bass Stick line, to the structure. That bass line is iconic, and that is the structure for the song, that bass line. And, and that's a nod to legendary producer Rick Rubin. Of course it is, Double He's R. doing R. his job. Yeah. And well, he's... he's freely admitted. I watched a video uh, with him being interviewed, and the guy said, can you play any instruments? No. What's your qualifications to, to be a massively successful music producer? Yeah. I haven't got any. Don't, they don't need any. Just... What do you know about music? I know it, what. I think it's basically, I know what I like. I know, yeah, that's best. what he said. Yeah, yeah. And and that that's an example. And we see we see it a few times on Funky Monks of of them yeah. asking him yeah. what he thinks yeah. sounds and and serves the song yeah. the best. And that's the key part of it. Is what serves the song. And oh, that, well, that's my middle name. Sam serves the song Townsend. Yes. Not, not officially. Have yeah. you dropped the, the Donovan now, then? I've had to. Because it was too much. It was too much for a mouthful. Samuel Donovan, Serves the Song Townsend, has now been condensed to... Yeah, well, now I've dropped my, I've also dropped the uh, the Samuel and the Townsend. So you just called Serves the Song? Yeah. I've shortened that to STS. So we've got STS on the microphone opposite me, talking about Edel. Yes. So, uh, and, uh, but, you know, let's... All joking aside, and that wasn't a joke. No, you have really changed <laughs> the <sorts> <laughs> I have. Um, so it's a- in, you know, it's it's, and Flea does this so well. He's, he is. I mean, this isn't a, as a, a case of him playing something really straightforward, but he's more than happy to do that if that's what the song requires. And he has done over the years. Let's go to Aiden. We've talked a lot about Flea there. Let's mm. see what Aiden's got to say about this iconic bass line.
2: What's that track? I think it's really interesting how surprisingly simple this baseline is it's really only based around two maybe three ideas If if i play the main verse as far as Flea's playing goes and as far as we know what we know about Flea as a bass player there are a surprisingly small amount of fills in here we for that particular riff we have to go as far as bar 88 in the song before we get um and then there's a few more fills creeping after that things like that or um but it's pretty, much, it's pretty much the same two bars over and over again. And even when we do have a variation, which is in the chorus, it's the same bass line, but moved from an A to an E. So It's the same idea. It's the same idea. In fact, on the Funky Monks documentary, there's a really nice clip on there about, um, with Fleet and Rick Rubin having a chat about how simple the bassline needs to be. And I've heard people talk about Rick Rubin before saying, but what does he actually do? And I think the difference of sound between Mother's Milk and Blood Sugar Sex Magic describes really well what he actually does. Either he doesn't do anything and kind of gets out of the way and just enables people to make music they've always wanted to make rather than sticking his aura in and making it into music that he wants to make or he goes through a process of refining and boiling down ideas and bringing songs down to the, kind of their core and making sure that the, 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 um, the main message of the song is transmitted really well through the music and that's exactly what happens in Give It Away. Here, have a listen to their chat that they've had um, about this song and then also I'll include a bit in there where you can hear an example of Flea playing the part with more variation and how the impact is lessened as a result.
1: Yeah, that was a cool little mm-hmm.
0: Like what you just... Yeah. It
1: is so hard because there's so little time in each thing.
0: But just keep them really simple. Ba-dum, ba-da-dum. Okay. Ba-dum,
1: ba-dum. Okay.
2: The other part of the song is the chorus, and it might this might be the simplest thing that Flea plays on the whole album, and that's it. And I can really hear um, kind of uh, borrowed that from "The Freak" by Chic, um, and under that the bass goes exactly the same notes exactly the same rhythm exactly the same uh, everything pretty much but it works it works because there's so much space and we know that in funk music it's the space that makes it funky it's not the notes it's the space apart from that the only other thing that's really worth noting is the amount of sliding that Flea does a lot of less adventurous bass players probably keep it down the bottom of the neck which is quite fun but Flea doesn't do that. Of course he doesn't. He takes these notes, mm-hmm. places them up an octave.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Which means we get all this sliding mm-hmm. as I go up and down the bass. Which is literally dripping in personality and in funk. And it just, it's one of, the, one of the many things that makes this song so cool. Okay, I think that's covered everything. Thank you once again for inviting me on the podcast.
0: And I will see you next time. Amazing stuff from Aiden there. And that covers, reiterates uh, some of the stuff that we were saying about Rick Rubin. And also what we were saying uh, privately. Yes. One of our private chats. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, are we going to make it public? Uh, yes. Okay. About the amount of sliding off Flea does. Oh, well, oh yeah. You could really hear there when Aiden was just playing that main verse bass riff. Yes. The amount of... That was a very recent private chat, wasn't mm. it? It was about two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> but it's... Aiden's talked about the the energy, the the ambition of it. Yes. So not just playing it low on the neck, but sliding it up high. Yeah, and it, it is so simple, but it's the the fact that he's not playing it as those notes as you might assume somebody would play those exactly. notes that makes it that makes it exciting. Yes, and and, and Aiden's right. The, the sliding is absolutely key to the whole song. It's almost the the basis on, on which the song is built. And it is the sound of the song. Yes, it is. I mean, if you think of Give It Away, you're not thinking of uh, John's guitar line, which no. is a great guitar line. Yeah. Um, that's a slow down bit. That's the bass part. <laughs> 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 that's a sodding guitar bit, uh, well, though. Don't dwell on it. Don't dwell on it. I, Wait, know, also, I, will, I will dwell on it. Hang okay, on. well, while you think about there. it, I'll say this. You're also not that focused on Chad's drums but his drums are absolutely massive and oh, they're, they're massive powerhouse and and at times they they you know he fit where where the bass and the guitar leave him space he uses it in relatively simple ways but so effectively and and gives the song another personality when all those four instruments or personalities as I now call them <laughs> are brought together you you end up with this perfect soup of creativity the snare sound yeah so I get what's the in that soup what's the snare sound so I guess the it's soup is, the soup is the instruments yeah it's a crouton yeah it's so punchy or, po- the, the- or possibly the the uh the cheese is it a cheesy crouton that you get in French, in onion? French onion yeah yeah so yeah. it could be described as that if you know. And I, I think you're right, because for me, the cheesy crouton on a French onion is one of the premium parts of the soup. It's fabulous, but it's always so stringy. Yeah, but that's good.
1: That's yeah, good.
0: stringier the better, I suppose. And in this instance, we're talking about the the taut snare drum. Well, let's go to JJ. And that, that it, it embodies the stringiness the of the, of the cheese. cheese. Let's go to JJ <laughs> and see if he at all references the snare drum being a, a cheesy crouton. <laughs> I think he will. He says... For this being one of their biggest songs, and the song that they end all their live shows on, there isn't really much going on drum-wise. So, <laughs> so what, isn't it, no what cheesy crouton analogy. Crue-ton. It's a lot of the same stuff that's been happening on the rest of the album. Chad accenting what Flea is doing over the bass and just laying it down hard and funky for the rest of the band to paint over. Yet another example of the band... I've never said example. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. <Hang on. laughs> An example Go with it Go with it Okay Yeah another example Of the band being <laughs> sync Okay Even the famous snare Drum at The start song Is mirroring the fill That John is playing On the guitar Who knows who came up With the fill first But I'd like to think It was John And Chad took it upon himself To copy the rhythm Again there's another Great story behind this song On the video On the eo YouTube channel About how they recorded The drums On a different kit In a different room using a different kit might be a good reason as to why there's not a lot of flashy playing going on here. JJ goes on sale, or Magic, as, as we call him. I do like how Chad really mixes it up when they play this live, especially the ending. He will often do crazy kick drum patterns, move over to the ride cymbal, do some fast fills and go double time for the Black Sabbath riff, riff ending, which I think is only right to do at a live show. Yeah, so Jack, Jack is there saying that those uh, live uh, changes... Mm is that he likes. And I do like the, the ending. I like at the end of it when they go like that and Chad's going crazy. Yeah. I just do not like live when they slow down and do that do do boom boom part, yes. mid-verse. Right, and nice to hear a shout-out to Fast Phil. Yeah, and he hasn't been on the podcast for a while, if no, ever. Yeah. Who's the other Phil? Oh, it's little Philip Liedroy. Yes, Fast Phil. It, well, the problem is we can't keep up with him. No, he can't. It's like <laughs> Billy Wiz from the uh, Beano slash Dandy.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: For me, I often skip through this song when listening listen to the album. Nothing against the song itself, I've just heard it so many times. And, and I can feel that because everybody has heard Give It Away that many times. Yeah. However, when you are forced to listen to it... <laughs> well, for work. For work, yeah. yeah. Well, it's the californication yeah, of, of um, that particular era. Yeah, yeah. But it, without it, things would be vastly different. Well, without this and Under the Bridge. Well, As yeah. They're, and- they're, they're the two... They're the two big ones, aren't they, off this album? They were the biggies. Nothing. This is where the band broke through into a different stratosphere, and it is under the bridge and give but it away into the stratosphere. No, prior to that, a different have, stratosphere. No, they were already in the strat, a stratosphere. Yeah, and then they broke into a stratosphere too. Yeah. Let's talk about the Swan, and then we'll. I'd we'll, love to. Then we'll um, go on to a little bit of guitar chat. Yes. Okay. Well, you talk about oh, sorry, that. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were going to... Well, what Powerhouse... I'll give you some quick tidbits that you can then jump upon Okay. and say yes. yes. Powerhouse performance, brilliant vocal delivery, so inventive, loads of references, go. Okay. It is a Powerhouse performance. Yes. And it is a performance which perfectly melds this new approach as it was, which is the rap, but with an improved and even further improved delivery. Okay. There's not so much um, melodic singing or it, if any. But it's a hard song but, to sing, but he is singing it, isn't he, uh, rather than rapping exa- it. Well, it's a combi- it's a perfect combination. Yeah. of the two. And it is hard. It requires a, a lot of breath. It requires a lot of a, a level of stamina, tongue dexterity, tongue dexterity, throat stamina. Yeah. And you have to be fit He's always been a fit man mm. And that's why he's able to deliver these, these performances When we used to do it in the Lukies It was one of those ones where at the end of it I would be glad it was over And glad that I'd done it It's hard work it's In hard fact, work. I think you'd probably agree That when you're in the Lukies The Lukewarm Chili Peppers to those new listeners mm. A lot of the, the, the big Chili songs Chili's songs Are hard to sing And are difficult to sing Yes Good yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. And and for two reasons. One is vocal stamina for a song like this, mm. which requires an awful lot of breath work. You're, 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 you're really delivering it hard. So it, it's a workout vocally. And the other thing is for a song like Cali, say, mm. is... This one has a very, well, I say very unique. It can't be very unique. No, is it unique or it's not. And I say unique. Do you? Yes. So fine. Um, he has a unique mm. delivery, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's it, and it's 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 high. It's, you know, psychic spice from China is it's, it's high, but also it's powerfully delivered. Are we talking so you, about California <laughs> Well, I am now. <laughs> okay. The two reasons why the Swan is so good is that he's powerful. He's got vocal stamina, but he's also got the ability to sing relatively difficult parts, but with a strong, a strong delivery. Yeah, and that comes down again to his his fitness, his vocal fitness. Yeah, and for a guy, a, and this is a, this is a melding. It is a blend of, as you can see on this album. But not as so much as Californication, obviously. Of his style changing, mm. so on. And here you've got songs like Under the Bridge, and you have songs like I Could Have Lied, and adapting. Yeah, moving into uh, One Hot Minute, where you have things like My Friends. Yeah, which is hard to sing. Which is hard to sing because it's technically very good, but also delivered in a powerful with a powerful approach. And then, of course, then moving on to Californication, which is where he's he's heralded as changing his his delivery style. He's a bit like... I mean, I I think he is, because live you you can see now that these are the songs that he would struggle with. Hmm. He still does a good job on Cali. but But He he unfortunately does say, uh, First Barn Unicorn, now... (laughs) Hard car soft well <laughs> He has to do that then. <laughs> Why? Why is he doing it? <laughs> he does it doesn't Is that it, on his auto cue? Yeah. Is, someone, <laughs> is he like Ron Burgundy? And he'll read whatever's on his auto cue and someone's stitching him up yeah. and putting uh, first oh, yeah. one well. well. <laughs> you do con now. Hardcore soft ponwell. And no, it is a question mark says. So first barn you corn now? <laughs> <laughs> car, of porn well well yeah i think that's exactly what's happening but you've done it in the past haven't you? you've written songs right at the top of your range well i've, I've written songs which in years to come you sing. just won't be able to yeah well already well, I, yeah, i've written songs where i wrote them in a key but never actually sang them at, at the full potential yeah in the range that you know in the in the like the octave up i was probably just blah blah, blah. yeah and gone to record them with gordy and said okay. uh I've recorded... The, there's a couple of games where I've done an entire backing track. Yeah. To, I've done all the instruments. I've done the drum. The drum's are okay. Yeah. Um, and said, well, we've got to basically start again. I, I, can't, I can't sing this I song, I've written." No, exactly. And, and But that's not the case with The Swan. I think The Swan still does a good... You know, we've touched on this many times. The Swan is still a top-notch live performer. Yeah, he is. Of course he is. I said adapting as well because... You know, this is a, a new, this, this whole album is a kind of new musical sound for the Chilis. They've evolved mm. from mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, Mother's Milk mm. into this new sound, which is fantastic. And the Swan is still adopting a style which he already had, but he's evolving to perfectly fit the sound of the band and yeah. the feel of the music. Yeah, I think it's another example of. Well, um, Aidan touched upon with the Rick Rubin stuff. Rick Rubin enables people to create the music that they want to create. Yeah. Whereas in, uh, contrary to that, uh, the the fabulous Pete Moore, FPM, uh, sent me a book that Michael Beinhorn, who was behind um, Mother's Milk, of course, produced Mother's Milk. Yeah, Uh, uh, He wrote this book. And... It comes across as a man who wants to have much more personal control. Yes, and that's an over. ego thing as well, I think. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting book. It's an interesting insight. Yeah. I'll lend it to you. Thank you. So let's just talk a little bit about the guitar solos, which are an interesting choice from, from John here. Because a, key, a, a key feature. They are a key feature, and obviously something that you're not going to be able to recreate live. They are backwards guitar solos. Mm. A very difficult to write as a concept, I suppose. Um, I know of two songs off the top of my head that have backwards guitar solos. Go on. I'm wondering, Sam, if you're able to tell me those two songs. Okay. Give it away. Give it away by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And and remember, it's in, the, it's in the big I know rock. it is. I know, who, I know who it's by. It's an REM song. Right. Right. Oh, it's going to be tough to pull it out of the bag at short notice. Job with No, because I do know. Tell me. Baby. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Oh, blood and sand. So, when I first heard the What's the frequency, Kenneth guitar solo, yeah. I hated it because it didn't. It, it wasn't forwards. It wasn't, yeah, because it wasn't forwards, and the rest <laughs> of the song was forwards. And the sound was happening. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the, the choice of doing these backwards solos on Give It Away? Well, Amy says the backwards guitar solo also makes it stand out from the crowd. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially at that
1: time.
0: <laughs> I... etc. Uh, yeah, very good. Thank you. I didn't know you could do backwards solos verbally. Orally. Yeah, orally, yeah. That's both um o that's both mouth to your ear. Yes. Yes, it is. It involves everything that we previously discussed. Yes. Um, no, I mean, traditionally, I, I'm a bigger fan of forwards. Um, yeah. So anything it's... in forwards, yeah. really. Um, I can't think of anything that I do better backwards than I, than I do forwards. What about the episode of Red Dwarf called, literally called backwards? Do you like that episode? Well, I do, but I'd prefer if it was forwards. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Of course you would. Um, but, but it's, it's a talking point. And I think, it, you know, it's, it's an attraction. Mm. It's a, a foible. A foible? It's something that gets people talking. Mm. You know, what about that? What about that backward solo? Yeah. We're doing it now. Do you 32 was, years that's, later. That's why they wrote, John said, check in a backward solo so that these... These two idiots can talk about it. These two idiots can talk about it before things bring forward. But I think it, I think it works. Yeah, I think it works. I think it works the songs funny. Well, yeah. Yes, and it, and it um, it works better than I, I think a forward solo would. What if you played the backward solo forwards? It wouldn't it, it literally took the solo that he played. Yeah. Forwards. Someone would have done this. Yeah, someone would have taken that. Well, I I selected that guitar and and Forwarded a it, yeah. Well, I ha- I have done that. Have you? And I can confirm that it sounds better backwards. But the rest of the band are playing. Imagine, and someone may well have done this. If you backwardsed everyone else and then forwarded the solo. That's what I'm thinking. Someone would have done that. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking someone would have isolated John's track and forwarded it. Yeah. And Um, then isolated the rest of the band. But somebody else would have done that, but then reversed the rest of the band. Yeah. Anyway. What's the song called? um, Keep It. No. Away, it's give. Oh, you're just doing that. I did an Um, opposite thing. um, Yeah, well, it's not an opposite sailor. It's a backwards sailor. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, as we meandered, Sam, we can't talk for about all. We've got four more songs to chat about. We've been going for 40 minutes. We We set no limits. Well, no, I do. do. Yeah. Well, limitations are set. set Only then can can you go go all the way. We will go. That means we can go all the way. Before we move on, let's just get some information from Coon from Red Hot Chili Riffs about uh, what equipment John was using for the recording of Give It Away and what equipment it was played through, how it was played. Uh, Just a reminder, every time you hear these guitar examples on these episodes, it is Kuhn from Red Hot Chili Riffs, playing these for us himself. Uh, It's not isolated guitar tracks from the albums, It is The Man With The Magic Fingers, Kuhn, from Red Hot Chilli Rifts, doing this for us. So uh, that's fantastic. Thank you, as always. Um, Give it away, Kuhn says, the main part of the song sounds like a Fender Jag through two Marshalls with the Dynacomp Dynacomp compressor. It's hard to tell what guitar the backwards solo is played on. It could be the Jaguar or the Strat. The outro riff is played on a Fender Jaguar through the Fender Hot Amp on the Crunch Channel. I've thoroughly enjoyed talking about Give It Away, and I'm looking forward... To talking about blood sugar sex magic oh this is a tune right let's crack in <laughs> become bloodily, sweetly, Mm. sexily, Mm. and even a touch of the fantastical or magical. I am a qualified magician and a member of the Magic Circle. And I'm a sexy boy. (laughs) (laughs) So together, we are sexy magicians. (laughs) That's right. Out of Blood Sugar Sex, what a chest thumper of a tune. This is right up there. This is right up there as one of the best tracks on the album, I think. It is oft overlooked. Mm. Every time I listen to it, and I love it live. There's certain things about the song that I absolutely adore. Mm. Those guitar solos, but we'll get there. Oh, I know. The, um, the incredible bass playing. Aiden's going to go into detail on that. The, the, the dy- how Dynamically how he plays it. Um, not Aidan Flea, but Aiden also plays it. So you know. Dynamically. Yeah. They're all dynamic fellows. Well, they are. I mean, you sp- You've spoken about when we sat down before we started recording, and you started talking to me, looking at me, speaking to the microphone, as if we were recording. And would you care to elaborate on what you were saying? What was I saying? Since saying then, saying, saying I've been for a week. You so. were saying the most important on the element or character. Yes. In this song is. Well, that's right. Uh, I, the, the gentleman that I like to refer to as Chad Smith. Chad. The myth. Smith. Legendary. Legendary. Drum beat. Let's just refer to Ramos uh, for a moment. One of the coolest drum right. beats in any Chili song, he says. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's but it, it iconic, yes. But the the variation, the decisions he makes throughout the song are just perfect. The use of the of the um, the ride symbol at times. The cr- the oh yeah. The use of the ride symbol combined with the crash. Uh, at times, is, is just fantastic. So so this is Chad at his powerful best, as far as I'm concerned. Fantastic. Whilst we're talking about power, I'd like to talk about effortless power, which is displayed by the swan mm. in in the choruses. Mm. It sounds like, you know, you're really going to be straining and blood sugar. <sighs> he, he, he delivers that with an ease that I think is absolutely wonderful and impressive this is another one we just talked about um on our catch-up section yeah we, we I, I felt like i should we bring it up yeah what well i was very serious about that and i meant it hmm. but let's lighten the mood oh no oh no no No! i'm keeping it low i'm keeping it oh, low. in 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 recognition of the the verses maybe what verses? Like let's that? get let, let's get there yeah, I know, yeah. but should we deliver it? Or- we? I really like this song. But, but <laughs> I think there's a bit... Yeah, what, why did you go Arnie? Can't you just go deep in your own accent? <laughs> <It's> no. <laughs> <laughs> always drop into an Arnie if I'm going deep. If I'm going to sing Blood... Hang on. I'll be back. Blood, sugar, sucker fish in my dish. How many pieces do you wish? wish. Step, Step into, into a right heaven where I keep it, it on the soul side. God, please, please be my soul bride. Every woman has a piece of natural that copulate to create a state a of sexual light. Kiss Kissing her virginity, virginity is my affinity. affinity. I mingled with, with the God. God. Oh, I mingled with divinity. I mingle with divinity. What a delivery from this one, but we've, we've gone off on so many tangents. Have we, I'm, I'm dragging it back to Chad for a minute. Please do. Please no, I'm going go to go to Double J. Jack yes. Johnson, Jack Fox, Magic Johnson. Listen to those drums. I'm surprised he doesn't swear. Wow, what a sound, what an intro. In the Drumeo YouTube video with Chad, which every RHCP fan should watch, Chad talks about how Flea influenced this, this beat by asking him to play Pea Soup mm. on the hi-hats. And on a... On, big word now, coming up. On the ma- onomatopoeia, hmm. onomatopoeic sound, for opening and closing the hats to match the sliding between notes on bass and guitar. Jack, you are you are testing me out like Chad tested out that kit. A lovely insight into how bassists approach drum kit. But why don't you read it up here? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we printed these out. I was reading it off my phone for some reason. I'd probably say <laughs> uh, on- onomatopoeic hmm. more more easily. Onomatopoeic. I love this drum part. It's funky, solid, powerful and moving, all-encompassing. As per usual, there's a lot of improvising with the song live. Usually Chad brings the dynamics down a little during the verses and goes all out on the choruses, as well as some gratuitous overplaying during the guitar solo. We'll let him off with it, though. Interesting to note that there's not a lot of audible ghost notes on the snare during the verses. Mm. We've, we've talked a lot about chad's ghost notes and and jack has brought this up time and time again because they are there across Mm. chad's play chad on his uh video talks about the fact that he loves ghost notes yeah well i do i I absolutely adore a ghost note they are plastered through every other song on the album but this beat is so solid and hypnotic boom that's the big room that's the big word for this song i think is hypnotic yes yes well exactly and uh to create that level of hypnosis, you cannot afford there to be any distraction. And so the ghost notes are, are, are out. I think that's probably a fair comment. So if you're a hypnotist, out there. Well, uh, I spoke earlier about being a, a member of the Magic Circle, but right. I'm also a member of the uh, Hypnotist go on. Society. Go on. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Royal. The Royal Hypnotist Society? Yes. The RHS? Yes. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Oh yeah. Uh, Well, do you want me to go into it? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go back to Red Hot Chili Peppers. So let's just polish Jack off with uh, the end of these fantastic notes. No ghost notes. Um, All bell work as you uh, as you brought up Sam on the ride cymbal during the choruses. I'd love to know the size of the bell. Suits Mm. you, sir. It's a big bell. Far show reference because it cuts through like nobody's business. What a tune! One of my all time favourites. So thank you, JJ, JF, MJ. Great stuff again. That, that, that bell of the ride does come through big way, doesn't it? It comes through big way, but it's such a crucial part mm. of the song. Well, because the whole thing rises on the chorus. Yeah. You're so locked in on those verses. I always think when you start using the, the ride symbol, it lifts. It feels. Shit, the muff off. It feels like there's more space, doesn't yes, it? Immediately. Yes. Well, exactly, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it opens things up. And then he closes it down again. Oh, that's what I... My thinking Go about back the end... Going back into the... Yeah. It's like a full reset. The end of that first chorus where you've got... Ding, 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 ding. Dil, 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 yeah. Ding, 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 ding. <clears throat> ding. It's a full reset. Yeah. Boom, boom. And did you and notice... I... We, I paused it when we were listening. It sounds to me like on that final note of the final chorus before it fully resets, there's a... Someone's playing a is piano. a really Piano, yeah. I'm looking for, for a, piano, a piano, a piano, yes, a piano, just, a piano, just any old piano, no one that makes you dance. Question, of course, now is, is that a full-size piano being played by a huge man, or a small piano being played by a regular? Size well, we player? know that there was a miniature piano mm. uh, in the house, a piano, <laughs> but there was also a full-size piano. So who's playing what? Does that that sounds like a that doesn't sound like the piano. It can't be the mini piano. No, because the, the mini piano that you hear on the likes of um, Mellowship is much more like it's plinky in there. Plink, yes. plink, plink, plink. That sounds like a low boom. It's definitely a full size piano. That, again, is an, an, an amazing and easily, and I mean easily. Oh, what, don't get carried away. What's more powerful than easily? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, Overlooked, but it adds d- uh, an additional depth. Oh, absolutely! What it does is, it as you say, it's depth because it's a really Debt low register note. Yeah, yeah it's depth. It's, it's, it expands the oral aural canvas. Yes, exactly. It's great, and you only hear it if you are properly listening to it through a very good. Well, I didn't hear it, and I was proper. I thought I was properly listening, and you've listened to that song. Oh, a lot. Six times over the years. Yeah. No, but you've, yeah but probably I've, I've it, never heard it. Not a million. I probably wouldn't go that high. No, I'd say you've probably listened to that, the song, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. A hundred times? Oh, no, more than that. We, we can't be that. Specific. I, I'd say somewhere in the region of 60,000. Okay. That's a lie. But um, <laughs> Well, somewhere in the region of. Okay. So, like 150. Yeah. So, let's go to Aidan... Right. Let's get a little bass input and uh, let's learn about how Flea played that bass line.
2: This is one of the more straightforward songs in the album, featuring two main riffs that are played with very little variation. Flea changes things up in the short interlude, but we'll get back to that later. The main riff is based around power chords, which are chords built from the first and fifth degrees of the scale. This means they lack the vital third, which tells the listener whether the chord is a major chord or a minor chord. And as a result, they have a very open, powerful sound. Hence the name power chord. If you listen carefully to the bass parts, you can hear a short, sharp attack on the chords. Flea produces this by placing his fingers under the strings, pulling them up, and letting them snap back. This is exactly the same as the pop part of the slap technique, which is something we know Flea is very adept with. Here's the bass parts without the popping. And here it is with the technique. You can hear how much the sound changes and it makes it much more challenging to play, especially with all the slides and position changes required to fret all the chords. This is quite a slow song at 74 beats per minute, but this does not hold John and Flea back with the chorus riff. This contains demi-semi-quavers. There are 8 demi-semi-quavers in a beat and 32 in a bar. Basically, they're really fast. Here's the riff and see if you can spot them. Luckily, the riff uses the E blues scale, which is really common so you don't really need to think about the notes too much. This one is all about that fast blur of notes. Like I said earlier, this is pretty much the whole song, apart from the short interlude which we find at 2 minutes 50 and 3 minutes 35. This six-bar section alternates between C and D sus 2, and Flea plays a part that locks in well with the drum part. The power chord theme is continued, with a lot of fifths used to add interest. Here it is. This is also almost identical both times Flea plays it. And that's it, all of Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It only has three riffs and has one of the slower tempos on the album, but it is deceptively tricky. Back to you, Ben and Sam.
0: Thank you, Aidan. Amazing. And coming out of that, what strikes me immediately is the, the, uh, the slinkiness of John's guitar yeah, against what Flea is playing and, use, and playing basically the pop part, of the slap and pop. Yes. to give it more attack. Yes. So you have the, I mean, the brilliant, oh, we'll get to the guitar work from John, of course, but the brilliant guitar work against, against this phenomenal riff as well. When they're locking in together and you've got the brilliant wah-soaked riff yes. against that more, I guess, it uh, feels more percussive, doesn't it, the way that Flee's playing it. Yeah, the thing that stri- strikes me about what Aidan said is, is the speed. Mm, it's languid. It's languid. That's a great. Did, did Aidan... Is that a word that you've just come up with on your own? Yep. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Uh, I, you know. Sometimes I can. You're a wordsmith. I am. Um, it's languid. Just relaxed. Yet p- the power is front and centre. Yeah. Sometimes the, the heaviest songs aren't the ones that the, the, the rush past. Well, so, yeah. The, sometimes the heaviest songs are the one that the, the plodder. You need time to be heavy. That's the thing. And this. Luxuriates in that in that languidity, well, and it, but it allows the listener to do the same. Mm. Well, when we were listening to it, we were going slowly crazy. Well, I I, I said out loud. I don't know if you heard. I couldn't. I not hear a word you were saying. I'm languishing mm. in this languidity. <laughs> I saw you mouth it. It's just I would never heard the word languidity before. Just said that. It's not just said languidity. <laughs> For the first time in his life. Yeah. That's but it, 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 it is, isn't it. And it allows you to move in a way that you can't move to a faster song. The great thing about this song is you've got that uh, hypnotic section, the verses, but it goes so big yeah. in the choruses. Yeah. Uh, but then when it comes back to that reset that we spoke about, starts again, the guitar solo is utterly hypnotic. Mm. It's, one of the, it's one of my favourite Fusante guitar solos. We've spoken a lot about the fact that I love one person basically playing the same thing. Over another person changing calls underneath. You've never said that. Nah, come on. Surely I must have mentioned that before. Surely I've mentioned that before. Once or twice. Once but or twice. It's something you like and it's something that they do but particularly it, check well. Check that out, man. I know, man. I mean, I right <laughs> 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 just assume towards the computer that's recording. <laughs> check, check out this, it. Check out this check uh, Apple out. Mac. It's, it's impressive, man. Is that an Apple Mac or just an Apple laptop? It's a MacBook. It's a it? MacBook. It's Check a MacBook. out this MacBook Pro. The languidity of the verses is matched and mirrored by the power of the choruses. I and that's why choruses. it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, that switch just seems so natural. Yeah, Sam, I completely agree with you. I think bringing together two disparate elements, yes, like a, a hypnotic slinky verse, where the swan, by the way, I'm with you. Thank you is solo in the register and is complementing that hypnotic groove so well. This, to him... No, I'm sorry, I will have to stop you. Sure. To him changing up an octave, yeah. as he does at the end of the verse, of Mingle with the God. What, man? God, we're not Yeah, interestingly, I think the first one is definitely a different... Um, he he records the deep part and then the do you think the octave up is separate yeah separate. because it sounds like there's a, there's a, on the chorus but on the second time it sounds like it almost goes into it so it felt well, different to me I don't pick up on that I feel that the, the, the vocal is processed on the low parts because it's huge oh it's massive it sounds like nothing else on the album that that low rumble that the Swan achieves right, especially when you listen to it through a good quality pair of headphones at maximum volume through a booster box i mean it was it's it's absolutely fantastic but yeah i mean Going back to what I said about his adaptability, this is a fine example of that. Mm. Mm. What what a decision for him to deliver those um, verses in in, in that register, register, yeah? Amazing decision. Well, it's but it's it's um, it kind of mirrors uh, if you have to ask as well, yes. where you've got uh, the, yes. the low register delivery and then the and then the higher chorus. Yes, it? so something that. He was, he was obviously toying with at the time. Wait, he'd gone beyond the toying process of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd, he'd toyed with it. Mm, and then done it. And uh, now he was confident I'd, I'd, enough I'd, to... I'd say he toyed with it in rehearsal. Yes. Or he, he toyed with it at some point before the recording of the album. Mm. Let's, I think he does not even say in scar tissue. Uh, scar, scar what? <laughs> tissue. tissue <right. laughs> I, I'll read. I've actually got scar tissue here. Great. This is real, this isn't silly. No, this is a genuine book. This is the real real book. Oh, it's quite uh, discoloured. Brown. Yeah, what have you been doing with it? um, Browning it up. (laughs) It's It's quite old, yeah. Okay. 20 years old now. Well, yes, nearly, yeah. Well, when's it published? Very nearly. I'd say it's 19 years old. No, 18 years old. Uh, 19. Sorry? 19. 19. Years old. Oh, 19 years old. So he was toying with the idea of scar tissue, the book. No, but that 20, no, Two decades. two years. Yeah, he was toying He was toying anyway, with the idea. Anyway, let me of... read this section. <laughs> sure. Um, in 1990, and actually he says, beginning in 1989, moving into 1990, I was toying with the idea of singing verses in a low register yes. and then going an octave up for the choruses. We had two songs that I was uh, thinking this would work with. He doesn't do that. Uh, that's not written in there. No, that's, you're, that's you're, me. I'm, I'm extemporising. Yeah. One was called If You Have to Ask. Yes. And the second song had a title called Blood Sugar Sex Magic, which we all agreed would be a fantastic name for the album. Yes. That's all it says. That's it. That's Uh, the whole chapter. That's the end. (laughs) (laughs) The the end of the book. (laughs) That's the whole book. (laughs) (laughs) What's a book? (laughs) That's the, that's the abridged version <laughs> right, yeah. that's, the that thing is it. now for, for today's youth I guess with shorter attention spans or even for me because I can't sit through a yeah, film without looking at my phone don't, you know, don't that's the that. version that they go to Yeah. Exactly. so you can get Scar tissue* abridged read out loud by me have you read Scar tissue*? <laughs> Scar- <laughs> yeah it's brilliant yeah. It's 20 it's seconds brilliant. long <laughs> <laughs> it's about a fellow toying with registers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway it needed to be written What we're going to do now is we're going to check out Kuhn's technical notes to this song because this stuff is fantastic. This is gold dust. This is gold dust. Kuhn from Red Hot Chili Riffs brings this stuff. Then we're going to listen to some audio examples as well. A lot of people think that the high notes in the beginning of Blood Sugar Sex Magic is a strat or jaguar picked above the nut. But I think it's actually the choral sitar that John uses on the song. The sitar has sympathetic strings above the standard six strings. And I think that's what you're hearing on the intro. So when I was listening back, and I've always wondered, what's that noise? Ding, ding, noise at the beginning of the song. I was checking it out at home. I took out my guitar and strummed the strings above the nut. Yeah. And I thought, well, it's not that. That's what it sounds like. But it doesn't, none of the like standard tuning sound like that. No. Coons cleared it up for us, I think. The main riff sounds like a strat on the net pickup going through the WH-10 wire and the DoD or DoD FX-65 chorus into a cranked Marshall. It's not the typical bright, dark set setup, so I think he's only using one Marshall for the song, probably the JCM-800. So Coon's previously told us about the fact that John was splitting his signal to run to two Marshall setups. So one set darker in one air, one set slightly brighter in the other air. Not happening on this song. For the chorus, he's adding the Boss ds 2 distortion, classic, to the main guitar part. In the left channel, there's a Fender Jaguar on the bridge pickup going through the Fender hot amp. That's on the lead channel. We've spoken about the hot amp before. That's that. I was going to say it's unique. That unique sound. I guess it is. It's it's the I could have lied guitar solo sound. bridge section the main guitar is in the right channel and the the choral sitar is in the left channel. To the solo at the end of the song sounds like the Jaguar through the WH-10 and then straight into the board. So that's a different approach again. The Frusciante at this time is... (laughs) The whole thing's experimental isn't it? This entire album's experimental. Technically amazing. Yeah. Whilst being very experimental. I think the, the ethos... Try it if it sounds cool. Very much like we, we do when we practice or when I was recording something. Just do it. If it's shit, it doesn't matter. But yes, experimentation... Is the seed of creativity, yes. as we know. And John was living that particular life. Living that dream. So coming out of those audio examples from Kuhn, one of the things that, that struck us all in the room or the, the garage is that amazing harmony on the chorus
1: hmm.
0: It might be an octave go for the fifth it's, it's amazing fifth. yeah it's and it catches the ear because it's in the second half of um each chorus isn't mm-hmm. it? And it ah it's so good well and and we we inquired how is that being done it's overdubbed oh it's two. It's yeah it's an overdub for sure it's two guitars being played Yeah. Uh, Not at the same time, though, as we did clarify. We had a little laugh, didn't we? Very difficult to uh, play two guitars at the same time. Not impossible. No, it's not, actually, because I've seen YouTube videos of people doing it. Yeah, and I've done it. That's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) So, anything else to say about the glory that is Blood Sugar Sex Magic, the song? Well, I think listening to it with you guys there, I was struck by the fact... I asked myself a question. Could this have been a, a successful single? Are you going to answer that, or do you want me to answer that? It's better, from, from my point of view, it's a, I prefer the Blood Sugar Sex Magic to give it away. Uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. So on that basis, as far as I'm concerned, hmm. it should you know, it would be a better single. But I, I, I appreciate the fact that that's not true because it doesn't have the sort of commercial appeal of a, of a give it away. So why, why, this is my question to you, why okay. is it such a good song but so unsuitable for single release? I'll give you three things you need for a great single release. Okay. Hookability. I think it's got it. It's got an amazing hookability. Great. So that ticks that box needs to be radio-friendly, and it it's not radio-friendly. What, because it says sex? No, it's just too heavy, too, too, too languid. Too dark, too, too languid. Too languid. And, um... What's the third thing? I'm just thinking. I've got, well, I've got two. There's, two. there's two reasons. Two things make a great single. Okay. What was the first one? <laughs> <laughs> Hookability. <laughs> <laughs> Hookability Hook- and radio-friendly. Okay. And that's... It's so hookable, but it's, it's not really a friendly. No. And I think that hook metaphor ties into the blood sugar sucker fish in my dish. That fish, I don't think, could have been snagged or hooked, if you will, with this song. I think they needed to hook new fish or fans mm. with more accessible songs, like Give It Away, like a song that we're going to come up to now, called Under the Bridge. Yes. Yeah. They're the things that hook in those um, suckerfishers. Okay, so, aka the fans. Yeah, and then those fans who've been hooked can then explore, go back explore the other tracks, the deeper and darker section of the band. Yeah, okay. and, and and also as as we do rap as we, we desperately try to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. the lyrics on this song are absolutely phenomenal. Well, from we, the Swan. We, yeah, we haven't given the Swan enough time. Well, give me his due. I mean, we did deliver some of it earlier on but. he's always been a wonderful lyricist Pe- you know people talk about his silly lyrics yes of course but songs like this glorious euphoria is my must mm. erotic shock is a function of lust yeah yeah it's, it's and that's just that's just one. you talk about you Whitmans yes. WW Uncle Walt again you talk about your Keats you talk about your you Siegfried. Yeah, of course I have. <laughs> yeah. Siegfried Sassoon, World just... War I poet. But you talk about your Keats. Your Siegfried Sassoon. <laughs> <The> Sassoon. <laughs> also branched out <laughs> of hairdressing. <laughs> exactly, let's not forget about with <laughs> His son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His hairdressing son. You talk about these wordsmiths. I think the swan is up there with the best the of them. The great American poets. Yeah. So let's wrap up Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Mm. water tune. We're now moving on to... One of the most iconic songs that Red Hot Chili Peppers have ever recorded. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Under the Bridge.
1: Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner. Sometimes I feel like my only friend is the city I live in, the city of angels. Lonely as I am, together we cry.
0: As I slide, euphorically, upliftingly, yet slightly melancholically, 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 out of under the bridge. It's time to hand over to me. One, two, three, go. Why'd you drinking? Go. Well, he's, he's got than enough for you. Well, open over and over again, again. now. Over and over until it's on. What you drinking? Sam. Outrageously, I ask this question. Sure. What are you drinking? Well, Ben, it is with great pleasure that I announce a partnership with Northern Monk. Ah, yes. And Aunt Bessie. Hang on, not the purveyor of the famous Yorkshire pudding? Yes, Ben, that very purveyor. And it is, indeed, a roast dinner Brown ale. A roast dinner brown ale. You heard it right, people. This is a brown ale in the flavour of a roast dinner. I'm, I'm ridiculous. Ma- the whole concept is ridiculous. Take it to mouth. I'm, I'm going to apply this to the mouth live on air. Here I go. If that's enjoyable, I'll be... The first thing that struck me was the was the gravy. Pass me the cat. Yeah, the thing is, it's the first thing that strikes you about your, your first mouthful of a pale ale. This gravy—it's not a pale ale; it's a brown ale. It's a brown ale. Then something's gone wrong. It, it's not the best, but it—it's it, it's not. Is, it tastes like a roast dinner. It is a beer in the flavour of a roast dinner, which I think in its in its you know the the idea, the concept. No. No, there's nothing. You, there's no. There's no way you can tell me that the concept of a beer tastes like roast gravy, and I say roast gravy, it's no such a thing. A roast dinner with gravy on it is a good idea. Conceptually That's sound. <laughs> uh, but uh, the unfortunately the utterly disgusting. The result is. Well, it's not. It's not undrinkable. Okay. And uh, so you started with a hazy Jane. I can see that was your starter. That was your prawn cocktail. Yes, hazy Jane. Then the roast dinner, and for dessert I've got uh, a Northern Monk. In partnership with Aunt Bessie, the mm. purveyor of the famous Yorkshire pudding. Uh, jam, France Yorkshire. Jam, roly-poly and custard, pale ale. Of course you have. Right. Which I should a- be nicer than this. I, on a more sane level, have an ice cold. It's been stored in generic too, which is, for the first time ever on the podcast, stacked on top of generic blue. Mm. It's a double blue cool box situation i did say that uh, you you weren't to bring two cool boxes into the garage at one time i know and what did i say screw you motherfucker <laughs> that's exactly what it said and inside that second box which i bought with such lucidity was ice cold carling absolutely yes. beautiful what we assume let's try it the next let's, let's try this yes Feel? Yes. Wet. Okay. Flavour? None. Ah. Texture? Zero. Not even sparkling? No. No, it's gone flat. Well, I mean, it, amazingly, I've seen you drink this repeatedly. Mm. I'm going repeat your fender. Is it? What, what's, the, what's the... What's the allure? Yeah. Of this particularly... Difficult plot. to tell. I, I think it's is it di- the Is it the mental effects that you chase? Oh, I think it's an addiction problem. <laughs> but we'll, we'll try. We won't dwell on it. No, but we won't, no. <laughs> go! What, what you drinking? Drinkin- speed it up, Joe! My man and It says What, what you
1: drinking?
0: Okay, so as we come out of what you're drinking, go into front of the bridge for the love of God talk about under the bridge <laughs> 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 will you start no okay i'll start give me um a mace of sorts. it's lovely that the chili peppers did a cover of the all saints classic oh what a shocking cover that was i remember being physically disgusted i was at university at the time southampton university i went to the avenue campus that was year Hang on, where. we were supposed to be talking about under the bed. <laughs> yeah, sorry, carry <laughs> <hang> on. Um. <laughs> I was about to start talking about no, no, using a so I was about going to the Avenue campus. <laughs> Cracker. Amos, <laughs> help us. Yeah. Good joke. Good joke, I'm sure you'll agree. What? The, that, what I just said. Oh, Amos' joke? Yeah. Yeah. I can't take credit for it. Uh, what can be said about this absolute banger that hasn't already been said? Well, Exactly. Uh been set over the, the last thirty two years. And I, that goes back to our shocking discovery earlier today that this album is thirty two years old. It's the song people who don't like the Red Hot Chili Peppers probably know and sing along to. Amazing video too with JF in that incredible beanie playing the fender jag. Iconic guitar. I mean it's an iconic guitar. The Jag route. itself. We can't get into the video, of course. Which we won't. Let's think about Aidan's gonna talk a little bit about this on his video. But this guitar intro is can you name a more iconic guitar intro from the Chili's at least? Oh well, not necessarily from Scar-t-a-shoe, the Scar Tissue, maybe? Other, from, from other stratospheric bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Scar So what's up what's up there with this? Because this is amazing. If you play the stuff of Under the Bridge to anyone who is Who's who's relevant. Yeah. Anyone who's relevant then they'll, they'll, know that, it. they'll know it's under the bridge. Anyone who Can doesn't I, know it, that's how, I, that's how I judge whether I want to get to know someone. Hmm. I approach them, stealthily, hmm. playing under the bridge. If hmm. they don't react, i just move on to Someone. Well, else. I went to see our grandmother uh, a few days ago. I played it at the start of under the bridge off my phone and said, do you know this? She said, no. I said, are you not relevant? And left. <laughs> 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 yeah. but name three iconic guitar stars guitar. to us okay, well, I'll name, name one, interest. then you name one, then I'll name one. Okay. And then Simon names one. Okay, I'm going to start with uh, Sweet Child of Mine. Okay, I'll go under the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Cali, you're stiff now. That screwed me right yeah. over, did Yeah, what you got? Uh, uh, Hotel
2: California? Lovely. it. Yeah. Oh, well yeah.
0: done. Yeah, okay. Cracking, okay, and that's so it. So, that, I mean, they really are iconic. They're the big three. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go to Coon. We're going to listen to his audio yeah, parts. And and then we're going to come back and read his parts because he's got some great points to make. says if i could ask brendan o'brien one question it would definitely be how to re- how they record the intro to under the bridge it's such a classic sound but it seems impossible to replicate even when john fashante is playing it it doesn't live, uh, live doesn't have the same tone as on the record nothing and this isn't Coon. this is Nami, nothing has the same tone as the start of under the bridge uh, as he says it it's a different take mm-hmm. to the rest of the song it's the guitar sounds on under the bridge i think uh phenomenal it's such a on the verses it's such a thin sound yes but it works perfectly for the song but that intro that's i'm I'm going on record it's my number one guitar intro of all time wow that is a that is a bold statement i'm a bold man yes what i do know says coon is that the intro is a different take and a different signal chain than the rest of the song my guess is that the intro was the jaguar through the mxr dynacomp the compressor pedal to the Fender Hot Amp. And the rest of the song sounds like the Strat through the Marshalls with the bright, dark configuration that we spoke about earlier, yeah. the, the splitting the signal. For the last part of the song, John adds the DoD FX-65 chorus pedal. And You can hear that for the... um
1: <laughs> la, 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 yeah.
0: la yeah. The, the outro part. And you can hear that chorus pedal switch on. It, it gives it that, that kind of more watery yes. sound, I think. I always think of it was. And live, John puts more chorus on, I think. And it sounds more um, watery. <laughs> I guess so. But the overdubs that we talked about when we, when we were listening to it really add a melancholy feel well, to it. Well, they do, and they're, they're, so, they're so crucial. I mm. mean, well, the overdub single notes, we should say, is what we're talking about. Yeah. Because you have the, that, that main guitar part that everyone knows, but in a different ear, you have an overdubbed note, like single note. Bam, yeah Bam And I think it's that because I think the intro is played in major chords uh which should sound happy. But those notes Bam I think it's this it's the second note. BAM BAM It's that one that makes that makes it sound sad. Yes, yes. That's right. It's a as as you say, that, that sort of melancholic quality. Mm. But they also provide a structure to the intro that I think yeah. you know they support the the main guitar line. Yeah. In in such a subtle and and for many people it would it would go unnoticed. Yeah. But they would know it was there but they wouldn't necessarily know why they were appreciating that particular quality of the intro. And it it's it's an incredible thing that um just by doing something that simple you can add so much. Mm. And you say it's subtle, and I agree it's subtle. Like As you say, people don't, you might not hear it the first few times. Once you focus on those single notes, Ah, they're they're suddenly really loud. Yeah, that's right. And it's that note that I said, listen to this one. He barely, it's like that one take, two take ethos. He doesn't play that note. No. He he, he, he misses it or it's quieter. Well, both of those are designed to be quieter, and I think that's why he missed it. I'm not sure they were, because at the end, that note is quieter. But I think the one, I can't remember which one it is, but there's one that is clearly yeah. quieter. I think it's just, he didn't, didn't hit. I don't think he was, all the other notes are so strident. Well, they are, but I, uh, my feeling is that he was trying to play it, it more lightly. Email in, but at, uh, no, Ben Townsend Music. <laughs> at Ben <benthansand.com>. dot <laughs> Ben Townsend Music If you think John was trying to, Play that note lighter. I think, uh, yeah. This is is the only Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast in the world that really nails down to single notes and whether the guitarist Well, it's the only Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast in the world anyway. True. As far as we know. Yeah. We've talked about the intro. One of the most amazing things in the entire world. The guitar part, the verse guitar part is, again, it's Vashante at his finest, I think. Hendrixian, those flicks, pulls, tricks, licks... Verse Sl- one. All performed slick. Hmm. Tricks, flicks, licks, slick. Verse one, there's not much of it, is there? It's just chords.
1: Ba, ba.
0: As the song progresses, he throws in more of those diddling down, little hammer on pull off runs yes, and stuff yes. like that. Those elaborations. Yeah, extemporizations. But we must go back to the swan here. Yeah. The low register. Sometimes oh, yes. I feel. I don't ever, so he's, I'm not sure I entitled it, but la, it's just, la. it's just a process of going up again. It's less pronounced, obviously, than it is in, if you have to ask, um, and it is in Blood Sugar, hmm. but it's the same basic principle. He's embracing songwriting techniques that he's toyed with for a couple of years. Well, he, yeah, I'll, I'll read that section of Blood Sugar again if you want. I, I know I will. I will really <laughs> read, a, a read a section. The whole book. Uh, <laughs> I have got my book out yet. Uh, this, this is real. Good. that book looks old. Yeah. <laughs> it's brown. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you bought a, a partially grilled <laughs> copy of Scar That's, Tissue to the garage. It, well, look it Can up. I smell it? Oh, it smells like an old book. Yeah, I love I the mean, smell of lot. I know. Well, don't lose the page. Let me smell it. I'm now going to apply the. Actually, book. you can lose the page because so it's knows. the one after the photo section okay. that starts with the boob. Oh. No, smell the, out, the outer pages. Well, you smell oh, that is lovely. There. And Absolutely. I'm sure, if you agree with me that there's nothing better than the smell of an old book, email in to at stack... Ta- no, st- <laughs> stacktownsend stack at yahoo.co.uk. Entitle the email Smelly Old Books <laughs> The extract from Scar Tissue reads, my level at, about the swan singing, yeah. because obviously it was deeply uncomfortable. If you want to know about history... Well, right, i know, of, but that's so unfortunate, being that he is a singer in a band. <laughs> no, and, he, and he's written this song-slash-poem. But, of course, it's, it's more heartfelt. If you want to hear about the history of the song, read um, go. we've talked about it on Under the Bridge over the years. Go back to that episode. Adam's going to say it's brilliantly titled. Thank you. On the clip you're going to hear from Maiden later on, he says, well done, Ben and Sam. Ah, brilliant. What I I do need to make clear here is you had nothing to do with D coming up with that title, did you? Well, yes, I did, yeah. Another lie. So, the Swan says, My level of discomfort depended on the song. I remember going up to sing Under the Bridge and just feeling, oh, God, I can't believe I have to sing this. But Brendan, Brendan O'Brien, of course, made it as comfortable as humanely possible. Or humanly. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, the album was re- recorded in a humane setting. Sounds like he was going to put this one down. Yeah. And that very spot, they, the, they were the two choices sing the song or put we'll you we'll down. Be <laughs> down. But, <laughs> this guy's fighting for his life. Get here, um. Get your record out, check on the back, it probably says like a Petter. Um, <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer, this song, record, oh, record no, swan, no swans <laughs> No swans ones. were harmed in the recording of this album. Yeah. But they nearly were. Is it Petra or Peter? <laughs> Peter. <laughs> no, but you know P-E-T-A. Yeah, Peter. Okay. <laughs> I would be all serious and on edge and insecure, trying to let the spirits flow through me. And I had Brendan on the other end of the headphones, busting jokes, laughing at me, laughing at himself, laughing about the song. He was remarkable. The perfect voice to have in your ear reminding you not to take yourself too seriously and also knowing that you would get to it when you got it. That's the other thing. Remember we were saying about just take chances. Yeah. You don't, if you get it wrong... Don't worry. Scratch it, yeah. It's This in is there. a wonderful environment, that mansion, to record music. The perfect creative environment. That little cupboard that Flea was in. Yeah, well, that was perfect. He'd say things like, I've heard you sing it, I know it's there, we'll find it, don't worry about it, take your time. That's the real sound oh, of that. a real oh. smelly, dusty book. Let's go to Aidan.
2: This song is so huge and formed such a large part of my formative years, it'll actually be quite tricky to talk about objectively. It's kind of like Yesterday by the Beatles. It feels as though it has outgrown the album and become its own entity, distinct from the rest of the band's catalogue. I previously discussed the bass line in the episode Under the Bridge over the years back in March 2022... Um, Great episode title, by the way, Ben and Sam. So I'll try not to repeat myself too much. However, the overarching theme here is maturity. The change in approach on this album allowed Flea to showcase a more refined side to his playing, and Under the Bridge is all the better for it. An excellent example of this is the first 28 bars, in which Flea plays a total of five notes. They are all this note. E which is the lowest note you can play on the bass. There are some great clips on YouTube of him leaving the stage at this point to let someone in the wings play it for him. Then we wait for another verse before anything else happens. We're now about a third of the way through the song and have reached the first chorus. John has mentioned recently that he was inspired by Joe Jackson's In Every Dream Home, which inspired the off-beat placement of the first chord in the chorus. And Flea helps to highlight this with a big F-sharp power chord. This is then played by a sublimely melodic line that perfectly sits between the drums, guitar and melody, tying everything together. Here's the first chorus in full. To write a functional bass line that has such a memorable melody and shape is a massive goal for bass players, and I am sure you'll agree that Flea achieves it perfectly here. This part happens twice in the song, and the second time through it is a little different. Check out how Flea uses the lower register of the bass in the fourth bar to help add excitement. skipped on a little here without talking about the verse. The chorus is quite a busy part and the simplicity of the verse complements it perfectly. Here it is. It is literally just root notes, played with Chad's kick drum. The spaces in between the notes allow John's Hendrix-esque part to be heard clearly, and the use of offbeats helps to prevent it from sounding too predictable. This then finishes with an E that is two octaves higher than Flea's first notes at the end of the first verse. Now we get to the last part of the song. The band gives us a quick six-bar glimpse of this before interjecting the F major 7... E7, G major 7 bit. Flea only plays root notes here, so I'll skip over that to focus on the more interesting outro. At first listen, this sounds quite improvised, but as you look at it more closely, you can start to hear the repetition that ties the line together. Here are the first four bars. Mm-hmm. is basically just that line, repeated with a few changes until the end of the song. As the harmony changes from A major to A minor, Flea highlights this by leading with a C, the minor third. This note is quite surprising and helps to add a level of sophistication to the line, almost giving it a jazzy feel. The vocals and drums drop out in the last two repetitions and you can really hear how the guitar and bass link up. Check out the fast triplet halfway through, which is
1: really effective.
2: The end of the song. I'm pretty sure I've covered everything here, but as always, it's not just the notes that make these songs so iconic. It's the overall intention and attitude behind the performance that really connects with the audience.
0: Well, more amazing stuff from Aiden there. And once again, a shout out to all the, the contributors that we have the DTP, Drum Technical Points, JJ, MJ, Magic Johnson, GTPs, come Flying in from Coon, BTPs from uh, Aidan Hampson, of course, the wonderful Aidan Hampson, and just HTPs, I guess, historical technical points, from a man that I like to call A. Mace. Mm. Sam, are you pleased that we have these people contributing? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Of course I am. It, It adds a level of detail and depth and passion. These guys are passionate. Uh, it's, and talented. It's stuff that we, we cannot explain that stuff to you. To have Coon playing the guitar, to have JJ coming in with those notes, to, have, to hear Aidan play that outro to Under the Bridge. It's a, it's a privilege. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. And against that bass, of course, Aidan's just played, you've got John playing, that, playing this song on high chords as well. Mm. It's one of the things that works about this song for me is the fact that you have that low bass rumble, the LBR, against John's... Well, um, Aiden used the word jazzy when Felice chooses to play the C uh, going to the A. Yes. On that kind of A, A minor change. The whole thing has a slightly jazzy feel uh, on John's parts to me. But that's the thin tone all the way through. The part on the, uh, the, held, the held chord before the chorus ring, and then you just hear that fret buzz as he slightly lifts his fingers off. Not, not, not on purpose. I don't think that's on purpose. Because if you play under the bridge, you're okay? You're yeah. just gassing up that... Um, oh, your new pudding? Yes. Cool. As if you play under the... <laughs> if you play under... <laughs> <laughs> Christ, it's like talking to, the, to a yes-no machine. <laughs> I didn't want to throw you off a strike. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> if you play under the bridge, when you when you play that that chord. Yes. Yeah. If you <laughs> <laughs> I did that one on purpose. Okay. You will kind of sometimes lift your fingers off and you get that exact exact same sound. You can't do it on purpose. It will happen every every sort of thing. Yeah, I mean the the beauty and the thank you, Aidan, for, for, for that because that it was just an incredible analysis of Flea's work. His um it, it, choices you know the choices made by all the band members in this song yeah. are incredible yeah. but Flea's decisions are they all they all work well when Aiden said the outro part and it's a phenomenal outro when um, the swan's gone Chad is gone oh Christ <laughs> <laughs> but it's just John and Flea left in the song and it, and it comes down to ending yeah Aidan said it sounds like it's improvised, but it's, but it's not. But there's so much variation there, yeah. which you don't necessarily, because I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but my ear picks up on guitar sounds more than bass sounds, I like guess. Yes. That's yeah. double yes. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> look. Keep, keep going. <laughs> no, that's fine. This, is not, this can't become a thing. <laughs> but the amount of work that Flea is doing on this song Whilst keeping it so simple, Mm. like the verses, he's doing nothing. The 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 the, the choruses are so melodic, ah, just missing that first beat as um, as Eden picked up. You can hear it on the broken. What is it? Broken record. Broken record. Yeah. Broken record podcast. Well, he's serving the song, and I I think there can be no greater example than this. (sighs) Yeah. Well, that's your name, isn't it? S T S. Yeah. You ditched the middle name Donovan I you just called Sam serving the song Tansy. But Flea is absolutely doing that here and, and yes, it, he ramps it up later on to a certain extent. But he, he never does anything that is too showy or unnecessary. This is... Well, it goes on with the chilies because this was the changing of the guard base-wise. Mother's milk from the earlier albums the first the first four albums Two Mother's Milk where it started to change slightly but this is the one isn't it where Flea's bass playing style changed well, it isn't he's had he's had two identities is not he as he says in, on Funky Monks you know, oh, yeah. he was the the badass uh, slap and pop Bassist who yeah. made a name for himself yeah. doing that, and he he did the hell out of it, as he said and he mm. did it all over the world. And now, and now we we see this side of his bass playing personality. I and mean, it's as as Aiden said, it's it's a maturity thing, and it's much much more mature. It's amazing though because he wasn't that old. No, he at was the time. probably twenty seven. Well, it's evolution, not revolution, I suppose. Because I the, the Chili's evolve, but they don't. Revolve, revolve, revolve. 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 Talk to me about the outro because this is where it goes. This is well, this song just gets better and better. What about what? What about the choir? Well, that's what I was getting. The outro. (laughs) Oh, fine. Oh, not the not the absolute outro either. No, no, no. This this song builds and builds, and and then it builds up with, as Aidan said, just those single bass notes. The single bass notes and you see them live when he does go to the side of the stage because yeah. he turns it down so it's a fade in on those notes. Yeah. And he just says you play the note then he fades he turns his uh, volume put up. where the drums come in and they're locking in. It hit me. You can't hurt me. Suck my proverbial. JJ says this. Yeah. Let's What's, get a bit about can the mess. What about Under the Bridge that hasn't already been said? There's really not a lot to this song drum-wise. It's all AK and JF. That's an- Anthony Kiedis. Side stick during the verses for a slow ballad intro. Then the big drum at 250 to the ride out into the outro. The bass and kick drum pattern during the second verse is so interesting and I never really caught it until I started playing in his Red Hot Chili Peppers tribute band, which we should shout out to, mm-hmm. uh, and had to learn these songs inside out. Flea... Is alternating his accents in the last bar of the four-bar phrasing and Chad is matching him note for note, which is lovely. A really interesting piece of interplay that you might miss if you're not looking out for it. Still a beauty of a song. This would be a great song for, a be- a beginner, for beginner drummers to learn. Lots of dynamic changes and syncopation with the bass on the second verse and a true definition of a crowd-pleaser. Yeah, I mean, it really is. If you start playing this... Pretty much anywhere, I think, people go nuts. Especially if you're the Chilies and you play it. I mean, the, the problem is now it's so emotionally draining for John. It is, poor lad. He can barely get through it. But it is. It's a crowd-pleaser for, for listeners, you know. And I'm talking up and down the country in pubs on a Friday and Saturday night. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the punters love it. If you, yeah, they do. If you start playing under the bridge, seriously, the place will go nuts. But it's also so satisfying to play as, as, a, as a band. Hmm. Do you think S- we should start playing it Well, we really do two chilly songs, don't we? Well, we could play it. I, I mean, on a, it, on a sort of selfish level. Oh, yeah, nothing for you to do. Well, no, and also I've sung it for so long yeah. that to hear someone else singing it me. While I'm involved, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me specifically, <laughs> yeah, would be, would be, un, would it be, would be a blow, a body blow. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a body blow, but it would be, it would feel unusual. Yeah, <laughs> let's leave it at that. Okay, strange. All right, we won't do it. There's clearly, we, can't issues. Do it. Well, we can do it. No, but, I don't want to do it anymore. I would have to sing it. Well, I'll play the guitar and then. You can play the guitar. Well, right, no, because it hasn't really. We could play it without any. This is this, this is, is probably a, this is a conversation from a different time. Total speculation. Uh, lastly, the amazing high chords from John towards the end. And again, like. Oh, well, we haven't even spoken about the choir. No. Gail Fashanto comes in with friends. Again, watch Funky Monks. If you are listening to this podcast and you somehow have not watched the Funky Monks documentary, it is available on YouTube. And DVD. And, it, well... Mm, if you've already got it. Yeah. And it's available in um, Black Wax. It is. But it is, it is framed. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you can't find it on DVD and you do live in the Hampshire area, you can buy a copy... No, I'll go on on record here. Free frame. I'll go on record here. If you don't want to watch it on YouTube, if you want the DVD without the case... You'll send it. If you uh, contact me on bentanzomusic at hotmail.com... Yes. And if it's still there, I will go to Black Wax Records and Coffee, fantastic place, go there for toasters all the time, purchase it and mail it to you and... Free of charge. No, not free of charge. Cover costs, of course, but... Okay. That's my promise to you. It's hard to imagine that anyone would want you to do that. <laughs> well, you never know, do <laughs> no, you? you never know. In fact, I might email you. <laughs> <laughs> just so okay, I just don't a, have to walk that time and <laughs> buy just, just a bit of caveat on this one. <laughs> yeah. You won't. What, anyone but you. <laughs> uh, right. So, as I literally come naked out of Naked in the Rain. Yes. I think it's a celebration of the song. Um, and I think it's a celebration of the human form. It is. But, there, I mean, I came away from this and I said, what a great song receives a bad press mainly from you. But there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good within this. Mm. A lot of good. I do agree with you. I think you've changed your tune. Positives. My foot was tapping. My head was nodding. The thing is... This song's got a riff. Like, that, that, that motif. I can understand why the band and, wanted it to be on the album. Uh, uh, but no, the pro- my problem is, I don't really like the riff. Oh, and oh that is amazing. Like yeah, but part. the thing is, I don't like the verse riff, but it also carries into the chorus. Mm. Like, naked in the rain. And then, then, it those, the yeah. little, then it goes back into the riff. Yeah, Then it goes back into the riff. We've got some great things to say about the chorus. I really do like parts of the chorus. Yeah. But if you don't get on board with that main riff, you are in trouble. Well, uh, and Chad, Chad's drums as well, because he sticks solidly to, to that beat. Give, oh, me, give me JJ on this. Oh, I like it. A tasty little toe tapper, says JJ. Mm. Mm. This beat is a sort of variation on something like did I Let You Know? This is interesting. That's an interesting point, even if, you, even if this came way before it. Hmm. A funk, Latin-type groove that once again matches up to the bass accents. Chad is mostly playing the same accented groove throughout, as I just said. If you don't buy into that, you're in trouble. This isn't really much of an album for- highlight for well, me. I said that, but yeah. I like the energy and feel of the tune, but, this, what, but if this wasn't on the album, I wouldn't complain about missing it. Mm. Now, he's very much in my camp. Aiden's going to make a similar point. <sighs> Salt to Squeeze is not on this album. Ben, we've been, this is. Well it's a tale as old as time. The point is, the band fell in love with this jam. I think. I mean, this is me espousing my own thoughts. Yeah. That's all you can do. Yeah. Well, Aiden's going to go on to say that he thinks it's. Just because of the bass solo, and it's and I don't even like the bass solo. I'm not sure. I, I, I think I, I think the bass solo is good, but I think there's more to it. I think I think the the whole instrumental part is pure chilies of that era. <laughs> Let, let's check out and, and, and in a good way. I th- I think this is where you fr- where you first start hearing the bass solo. To me, sounds quite one hot minute ish. Flea, where it's more loose. It, it's not what you expect. Whereas what previously. the song down then for you? That, that's the oh, the, the riff. I don't think the verses are particularly inspired. Uh, there's more that I like. We'll get into what I like. Okay. Let's go to Aidan for these bass Let's tracks. go to, yes. Right, here we go. I
2: feel a huge responsibility here to plead the case for this bass-centric song and the track that features that huge solo from Flea. I understand why Ben pours so much disdain onto Naked in the Rain. It's not the most melodic of tracks and definitely one of the most repetitive. It does feature a classic flea slap pattern though, with thumb and fingers rocking back and forth to create that signature rhythm. It's really similar to Aeroplane, Can't Stop and Dark Necessities and is pure chilies throughout. Before we look at the part, let's get the admin done. There are three basses here. There are a fretted and fretless bass, which are both detuned by a tone, and there is also a fretted bass in standard tuning which plays the first part of the solo. We'll talk about that in more detail later on. The detuned, fretted bass plays the bulk of the song. The official tabbook doesn't have this written correctly and instead has the detuned bass in drop D, which means you only detune one string rather than all four. There's a great moment in Chad's Red Hot Rhythm Method video, however, which clearly shows how Flea really plays it. I'll play the main riff for you now. Um, Quick disclaimer, I'm not going to detune the bass down a tongue. For the the sake of simplicity, I'm just going to leave it in um, standard tuning. It's based around an octave shape that slides between the third and fifth fret. This then moves up a fifth for the latter half of the verse. It's basically the same line... Just transposed. Flea needs to keep this really tight as Chad syncs up so tightly with his drum beat. Flea's rocking pattern means that the pops notes fall on the offbeat semi quavers, and these are the notes that we can hear so clearly from the snare drum. Flea slows things down a little for the chorus, with some longer notes leading back into the slap pattern. Here's the first
1: chorus. The
2: following courses are really similar. Okay. I've skimmed through that a little to allow more time for the bass solo. I think it's fair to say that the success of Under the Bridge will have brought a new audience to the band with this album. And this might be the first time they've heard Flea play like this. We've heard him play plenty of solos before, notably in um, Mother's Milk Stone Cold Bush. But just imagine what it would have been like to have Flea's virtuosity thrown at you for the first time with this track. I have to give a huge shout out here to Cohen from the YouTube channel Red Hot Chili Riffs. He is quickly becoming the authority on all things Red Hot Chili Peppers guitar and bass and he helps me with some of the details here. There are two basses in the solo. A fretted bass in standard tuning plays the first half before a fretless bass and drop tuning takes over for the second half. The change from fretted to fretless offers a nice change in tone but I have no idea why the fretless bass was detuned down a tone. I guess this is another example of the experimentation and productivity that Rick Rubin brought to the sessions. We start in the key of F, but it isn't long before Flea leaves this and moves to E and then G. It flies by at a rate of knots, so I'll play it for you more slowly. Listen carefully to the note choice. There are plenty of moments for chromaticism and awkward intervals that really give the line a quirky feel. <laughs> I'll play it again for you at full speed. That pretty much covers the whole track, with the last two minutes of the song being a repeat of the first few riffs. I am sure that the huge bass solo is the reason it was included on the album. And although it's great to hear Flea play like this, is it really worth sacrificing soul to squeeze for? I'll let you make up your own minds.
0: So coming out of that, I think the question is, and thank you, Aidan, that was amazing. Do you want this on the album or Soul to Squeeze? I'm, I'm in very firmly in the Soul to Squeeze camp, even though I will be more positive about the song shortly. For me, it's not... The, the, and it is for you. The, the argument of including Soul to Squeeze over any song, if, you know, if we're choosing this to be the sacrificial lamb, mm. we have to ask, why is that? It's not very good. But the, the, the fact that Soul to Squeeze wasn't on the album was not down to the fact that Naked and the Rain is bullshit. We, they've, if, if they've, they've spoke no well it's not bullshit and despite the fact that I've gone on record numerous times one saying it is bullshit one too many ballads man uh, yeah that was the that was the thing wasn't it and yeah. at the time, they've said since decisions were made that might not have been the best decisions just be brave this isn't the chilly sound you can't have another ballad you can't have I Could Have Lied Under the Bridge and Salt Squeeze on the same record yeah. I would argue, with the, um, well, it, with 2020 hindsight, that you can. Well, I would also argue that if you want to put Soul to Squeeze on, you don't necessarily have to not put Naked in the Rain on. It's already a long album, just pop them both on. Anyway, let's talk about the reasons why I now like this. Okay. The better, let's, let's talk about the bass solo as well. But why do you like it? Well, I like the bass solo. That's a, a focal point for the whole song. But I also think... Yes, it's a throwback to Flea's, you know, classical technique. But you're also seeing new elements. You've got the lovely... Oh, that's, I mean, that's great, yeah. That's yeah. great. You've got you've Those talked, long notes where it really opens up. You've got up. the development yeah. coming along with the old-style bass play. We'll I, not argue with that. no. Those long notes because the whole song's very busy. That kind of it's almost like "Suck My Kiss" actually. Is that one to three as well, fretwise? You think about how this song goes repeatedly. That kind of riff. That's "Suck My Kiss." That's very similar. Yeah. I've just realised. Uh, yeah, but then it, so it's very busy. But then you're right. It opens up. It's, it's airy yeah. in those areas. Yeah, it is. And great backing things as well. That whole part is, is brilliant. I think the Swan shines, maybe not lyrically. Oh no, I think lyrically this is one of my favourite Swan moments. Okay, fine. Because uh, Doctor Do Little, what's your secret? Give You're it to, to me, doctor. doctor. Don't keep it. I love that. Can we, let's let's do that. Um, let's do that as the outro. Let's do um, Naked in the Rain with the full production. that chorus is great and also on the um, what makes it more airy as well is the fact that you've got John really busy really busy yes guitar wise a lot of right hand action it's phenomenally good Hmm. and can I can you believe I've just said that about Naked and the Rain I can yes it's phenomenally good that part of that particular song Chad's hitting it hard and I think as um, Aidan said there's there's that huge relationship between and the close relationship between the bass part and the drums and it is so repetitive yeah don't know i think that's its downfall Mm. i've just said that i like the slow arpeggios let's go to coon to see what he's got to say about the recording the song is pretty straightforward it's one take from beginning to end that's an interesting fact isn't that it? is a very We've I mean, just okay. specifically spoken about under the bridge. The intro is a separate take to the rest of the song. Mm. It's a strat on the neck pickup through the WH ten, which is on bass mode. This is interesting. Through the Dodd or DOD FX sixty five chorus to what sounds like only one Marshall recorded with a close mic and a room mic. So that again is a different setup. Yeah. So a, a close mic will give you the tightness of the sound and the room mic will pick up then like the natural mm-hmm. ambience or, mm-hmm. or, or ambience of the, of the, of the room oh, I, I personally say ambience yeah I say ambience too John adds the DS2 in the pre-chorus oh that's yeah it's cool where he's uh, like um, da, 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 da. like Naked in the Jungle with uh, whatever <laughs> what's he naked with a killer whale a killer whale But that the guitar part's cool. It's got a lot more distortion on it, and it's very slidey power chords. Exactly. It's good. good. What I mean, look. They hang on. I just. I said, get off the hate train, people. Well, (laughs) I have been on the hate train for this song, but you're not now. Admit you're off the hate train. I'm off the hate train. Fine. So you're just now on the platform, or are you going to get on for the love train? Well, I'm not going to do that. Is there an in-between train, that's taking me perhaps to just uh, the me- the mediocre train? No. Well, it's problematic. This song. Get it off the album. I'm, I'm Keep sticking it to that. On the album. No, I'm, get- I'm sticking with this. Get it off the album. There's so much more that could have been done with this space because you say add another one on. Just Cassette length might have not allowed it. Yeah. Uh, we know for a fact that when Extreme released Pornograffiti. They didn't have whole hearts on it there wasn't enough vinyl space. And that bollocks. No one told me that when I bought an original pressing. <laughs> but that's the fact. You, you've got to have space for these songs to literally Fit on a record. go on the space that's available. There's right. only so tight you can squeeze the grooves. I think there's a hell of a lot going on. I think the Swan is fantastic here. Again, easy power, easy vocal delivery on what is not easy. So let's, let's give him credit here. Oh, Absolute Jew, yeah. You're saying great, lyri- great lyrical content. Well, oh, I love... Uh, I'm, uh, I'm not saying that particularly. I'm saying I like the bit where he sings about... Well, I like the guitar part where he sings about uh, Killer Whales. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, oh, no, no, I like the Dr. Doolittle part, yeah. Because he's obviously just seen the Rex Harrison version of Dr. Doolittle because this was pre um, the Robert Downey Jr. version. Oh, so, very, doc- oh, very much. so that's important, because Dr. Doolittle, for those who don't know, is a doctor who can talk to the animals. Mm. He's not lazy. No. Why would Dr. Doolittle be a lazy man? Because <laughs> he does little. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. He's got it yeah. He's got it <laughs> It took a while It was Slow I just let it Let it, let yeah, it, let just it, let it linger Yeah No he's a Cranfield's he, reference <laughs> He's a You know He's a, a busy man He's a fully qualified vet- <laughs> He's a fully <pretty> qualified Veterinarian <laughs> Yeah And also and can, can, talk, can talk to animals Which is a bonus So yeah. I think The Swan's seen that film Yeah And is now Singing about Doctor Doolittle Yeah Who if we can Just clarify He's not lazy Second song Second song in a row, we're not in a row. Second song we've spoken about today that has a tremolo picked outro. So you've got Blood Sugar finishes with a. And this ends up with. Do you recognize that (laughs) now? Yes, I do, yes. Good. Okay. It's too long. Uh, Don't like the bass solo. Got some good parts. No. Well, we're never going to agree on this. So, you know, we could hash this out for. 10 years, and we'd still be saying, hey, you'd be naked more shriveled than you are now. So, if we move to the socials, I am Ben Townsend, music at hotmail.com, if you'd like to email into this. If you want to be an ambassador, we send badges and flyers anywhere In the entire world. The Uh, programme is real. The programme is real, Sam. You're absolutely right. At University RHCP on Twitter. I'm still Twitter on my phone, so I will refer to it as that. Insta, University Speaking RHCP underscore pod. Insta, University Speaking underscore pod. Sam, you are. I would never refer to Twitter as anything other than Twitter. You know what we mean. You know what we're talking about. Mm. I am at Stack Townsend. I'm there for you. Always. Tweet me. (laughs) So we'll wrap it up with a little bit of Naked in the Rain, shall we? Yes. Do you want to do the Naked in the Rain part or the, uh, the Swan part? I'll, I'll special, I, I'm a Swan specialist. Okay. One, two, go. Naked in the rain. Doctor Doolittle. what's your secret? Mm-hmm. Give it to me, Doctor. Don't keep it. too little what's your secret
1: give, give it, it to me, me data, data.
0: Don't, don't keep it